brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Studio DNA presents Peruse the News. Every day, so many things happen around this crazy world of ours, and it's up to your hosts to glance around at them and decide what's worth talking about. Join them on a journey of the wonderful, a journey of the strange, a journey of adventure. And here come our hosts now. Please welcome, it's Aaron and Danae. Thank you. Thank you so much right? for being oh, here. Yes. Thank you. We're Aaron and Danae, and we have a lot of fun on the podcast, Peruse the News, and uh-huh. we would love to welcome you to try it out. Take a listen. It'll drop into your podcast feed every other week, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Peruse the News or Studio DNA and hit subscribe. Sip Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that was here before you. And if you're not careful, we're going to be here after you, too. It's Sif We'll never die. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Chris Platt. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Andrew, how's life, man? It's good. Yeah. Just enjoying my vacation, man. So you're on vacay. Yeah. For how much longer? Uh, I go back to work Monday. Okay. So So just a couple more days. Yeah, just a couple more days. I had Wednesday through Sunday off. All right. So catching up on some sleep, catching up on some TV. Yeah, pretty much. I I, sh- I have Movie Pass, and I haven't gone to see anything besides you know what we review. Which... You haven't even seen Tag yet. I know <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe I'll go. I just been here's what it has been. I because you know I work like nights and stuff. Yeah, I just been wanting to sp- spend more time with my dog. And I guess that's what I've been doing. No, that's cool. So, I get it. We Absolutely. just been going to the park and doing all that fun stuff. Nice. Uh, you may not know this. We um, this in regards to the fact that we're doing Jurassic World two, Fallen Kingdom, right today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Episode number one of Sif Pop, official episode number one of Sif Pop, was the Jurassic World review three years ago. Really? Yeah. So, celebrating our three-year anniversary with the uh, sequel to the movie we did for official episode number one. I don't think you were actually on that episode, but... No, that was uh, back whenever it was... Josh. Uh, Josh. And Danae. Danae. Yeah. And you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was doing the Jurassic World review with Altara Media back whenever Flick Freaks wasn't even Flick Freaks, I don't right, think. Right, right. It was, three, well, year, think, it was think, three years ago. I think, yeah, I think Flick Freaks... Yeah, Flick Freaks was the thing back then. I think we had about 4,000 subs back then. Yeah. We've got like 18 episodes that are in the feed that come before like official episode number one. Yeah. Because it was a part of a different podcast for a while. It was on YouTube for a while. And so we've included all those as kind of a, you know, um, extra content material. But official episode number one was three years ago with Jurassic World. That's a fun little fact. Yeah, I found that really interesting. So we're excited to talk about that today. We've, of course, got some buried treasure we'll get to you. We've got a, a really fun question about acting streaks uh, that, that came to us that we're looking forward to get into. We're also talk uh, best dinosaur movies and, of course, review Jurassic World. I also wanted to mention there is a Summer Sum Game website now. Did you know this? What? So if you go to sifpop.com slash summer sum, uh, you will go to the website. It has an automatic update of the top 10 box office for the summer as well as an automatic update for the standings for both all players and for Sif Pop gurus. So you can click a little guru button and you'll just see the gurus who are playing. I think there's five of us playing this year. Otherwise, it'll just have the 70 or so people that are playing ranked. I'm probably number five. So right? <laughs> of the gurus? Of everybody. <laughs> or uh, Yeah, of the gurus. No. Yeah, I'm probably at the bottom of the list for everybody. No, no you're not. Um, but that's all. I think that's all going to change tomorrow. Because tomorrow is when Incredibles uh, will pass Deadpool. Uh, and so once Incredibles is in that number two slot, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really jump up. I'm, I'm really excited about my top eight. I am so confident in my top eight right now. I know I've got Solo uh, above Deadpool, and that will be wrong. But I, I am sure, I think besides that, I may actually have the top eight completely correct. It all depends on if Ant-Man and the Wasp blows up, which it might, by the way. Ant-Man and the Wasp might do a lot better than people are expecting, but we'll see. I'm still concerned that it's the third Marvel movie this year, so... Yeah, but, I, yeah, I don't know. But people do if love their Marvel. And if it's good and people are going to be curious about, you know, the uh, Infinity War thing and how that might affect that movie, so... I don't know. It could be interesting. But anyways, if you want to check out all the standings, you can go to sifpop.com slash summer sum. Um, all right. Hit us with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, actually, we have one major topic that we're going to be discussing for Do We Care. Oh, okay. Another thing I just want to mention real quick, because it made me sad. Coco the Gorilla passed away. Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't know who Coco the Gorilla was, she was, I think she was a silverback gorilla who spoke sign language. Yeah. And, you know, she was always seen with celebrities and There's activists. a famous picture of her cuddling a kitten. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because she's actually featured for a little segment in uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Whenever, whenever she met Fred Rogers. I, I thought you were going to say it's funny because there's some similarities between her story and kind of the Jurassic World story as well with 
Chris Pratt and the Raptors. Like it's it's very a little bit, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it kind of plays off of that, especially in this movie. I think plays off of that kind of idea mm-hmm. a little bit. So a little taste of the review to come. <laughs> uh, but the major thing that we're going to be discussing this week is that Disney and Lucasfilms has announced they are putting all of their Star Wars anthology movies on hold. Okay, so this is interesting because that was the original news, and then a couple days later, uh, Disney came out and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, that's not that's not what we're saying." Well, they then I haven't seen that. Yeah, report. I think they ba- they basically it's weird because even the stuff that was quote unquote announced was all still kind of rumor. It was like never through an official channel; it was always through a source, right? Oh, so, you're talking about like the Boba Fett movie yeah, or the yeah, all Obi-Wan that, movie. Yeah, yeah okay. all that stuff. The Mangold uh, Boba Fett movie, all that stuff was, it was never really Disney releasing a press release. It was a source says inside Lucasfilm that this is happening. So really nothing was official anyway. And I think that's what they're saying. They're saying, you know, we're not, we're not officially putting anything on hold. We're going on with our plans. It's just that, you know, your sources may have jumped the gun or that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, is how kind of I understood it, but... How does this impact you? I honestly, I lean towards I don't really care. Just bring out Star Wars movies when you want to. I thought for a second because I didn't know that. I didn't know that mm-hmm. element of it. I thought it was validation for me not liking Solo. I'm like, see, well, that's how people are taking it for sure. Yeah, uh, that that was just mine. I'm like, ha, I was right because <laughs> you know I wanted I wanted to gloat a little bit, but no, nope, well, you ruined that. Feel no, free. you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> No, uh, honestly, though, you know, um, I'm kind of, I've, I've said before, I'm wanting, wanting them to take their time with Star Wars yeah, because tell great stories. I just want it to be a good story. Yeah, exactly. Because the last two, I have not enjoyed. Yeah. So Just the last one for me, I think, wasn't a good story. Um, and it's sad because it hasn't performed up to how they wanted to. So, you know, the fact that they kind of sequelized the story... Uh, is a bad thing because we probably won't get a sequel, and now that movie just does not stand on its own very well at all um, yeah. because the character of Solo just doesn't go anywhere in that movie, really. Um, so, yeah, all of that to say, uh, it'll be interesting to see, but you know, judge them as they come. Okay, hypothetical for you. You yeah. have carte blanche. You can have any Star Wars character origin story you want. Who do you get? I okay. First of all, I don't want an origin story. I've said this before. I want I want the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I want something that is completely unknown. I want much less of the winking and nodding to Star Wars fans. I want you to tell me something from this universe I've never seen before. Um, having said that, answering your actual question, mm-hmm. uh, probably Yoda. Yoda. Okay. Be the mo- be, just because there's something so ancient about him yeah uh and i think you could do a yoda story that felt completely separated from everything else because it could be thousands of years ago so that would probably be my answer that's interesting because i'm the yin to your yang because i want a uh, palpatine origin story mm. i want to know how the sith uh regained you know and were refueled by him you know yeah how this ancient supposedly dead organization is you know rising from the ashes so to speak yeah any of it could be interesting if you find the right story yeah that is always going to be the case 
Um, if you don't have any other Dewey cares, no, you got something. Yeah, let me throw out the Movie Pass news. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know enough about it to actually, you know, bring it up. Cause well, I, I learned last time from stuff I didn't know anything about, and I put it in <laughs> Dewey Care. I'm like, okay, guys, I don't know anything. Hopefully, you do. So, Movie Pass recently announced what's called surge pricing for their monthly customers. Are you a monthly Movie Pass or an annual? I'm annual. Okay, me too. So this doesn't necessarily affect us. But for monthly customers, MoviePass now has the ability to say, this movie is a big movie. We're going to charge you $2 for it instead of just giving it to you as part of your MoviePass. So opening weekend of, you know, let's just say Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom since we're talking about it, you know, today. Um, if you want to go see that opening weekend and you have MoviePass, well, you're going to have to pay an extra couple bucks. Yeah. So it's called surge pricing. Uh, to me, this feels... That's like net neutrality for your... Movie pass well, card. just uh, listen. First of, <laughs> first of all, let me say this. Let me say this. They have every legal right to do this in the world. It's in their terms and conditions. We can change anything at any time. You know, this is not a guarantee that it will always be this way. So legally, I think they're covered. However, ethically and morally, oh, I think yeah. that this company is proving continuously, again and again, that it it will do anything for a buck. It doesn't mind deceiving. It doesn't mind changing things. Um. The other part of this story... That's, uh, real quick, that's ironic. You think they'll do anything for a buck whenever it's a company that is literally flushing money down the toilet. Well, except, except what I'm saying is they knew when they went into this big, you know, getting as many people to subscribe as possible, that they were not going to be able to sustain it and they would have to do these kind of things. There's a bit of corporate dishonesty to be like, oh, no, this we can do this and then change it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. But the other part of it in a recent story, the other story is uh, the Gotti story. Have you kept up on this one, too? Oh, the uh, Travolta movie? Right. Uh, I've heard things like uh, AMC or something like that. Oh, oh, go ahead. Tell me what it is. So so Gotti is movie came out with John Travolta. Movie Pass uh, bought it, bought the distribution of it, along with uh, American Animals was the other movie that they've they've purchased. Well, then they're promoting Gotti through all their channels. So if you have Movie Pass that sends you emails, they were sending you emails about you should check out Gotti, you know that kind of stuff in the app actually highlights you know Gotti, all those kind of things. Well, critics hated this movie, zero uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty rare. Wow. Um. So. Complete zero percent. So then, Movie Pass uh, starts doing a campaign like "Believe the fans, not the critics." You know that kind of thing. Yeah. The fan rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes was at like seventy percent. So like, believe the fans, not the critics. So somebody did some digging, and the majority of the five star reviews of Gotti were from people who had just signed up this week, given it a five star review, and it was the only thing they had reviewed. Whoa. A large portion of the ones who had reviewed a second movie and only a second movie? Animals. Reviewed American Animals. So it's just like, like no proof, whatever, but it's just kind of, that company is just giving me a little bit of the, you know, we'll do anything kind of feel. So, wow. you know, like they, wow. could, they could be paying people, they could be their own staff, it could be, you know, whatever the case may be, so... They're trying to game the system, it feels like. But anyways, I am feeling more and more likely when my annual subscription is up. I'll probably do Cinemia. It'll probably work for me. 
you know, I can't go to as many movies, but it'll be about the same price. And there are some perks there that I like better than movie pass anyway. Yeah. So, um, seems like a, a more honest attempt to have a business strategy. That's insane. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> I found that really interesting. So I thought I'd pass that along. That's going to wrap it up for do we care. All right. Let's talk about Jurassic world fallen kingdom. How many can you save? Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. You know you can't stay here. Back your men up right now. Three years after the destruction of the Jurassic World theme park, Owen Grady and Claire Deering return to the island of Isla Nubar, Nublar. Isla. Isla. Isla Nublar. Yep. To save the remaining dinosaurs from a volcano that's about to erupt, they soon encounter terrifying new breeds of gigantic dinosaurs while uncovering a conspiracy that threatens the entire planet. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is the reboot quill. To Jurassic World, that's a new, it's a new portmanteau I made up uh, for the sequel to reboots. Yeah, you like it? Uh, I, I'm just trying to figure out how this is a reboot, huh? Jurassic World's a reboot. Jurassic Park had laid dormant for a long time, and then they rebooted it. That's a rekindling. I don't know if it's re. I think whenever I think of the word reboot, I think you're starting over from the beginning. It's a remake. We've had this discussion before. No, you and Jeremy had this discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a reboot is when something hasn't been around in a while, but you start it back up. Like a computer, right? You reboot it after it's been turned off for a while. Okay. So, yeah. I, and you know what? I think people use them both ways. That's how I use it. Okay. So, anyways, none of that matters. What matters is we're talking about the second Jurassic World movie. Uh, I think both Andrew and I enjoyed the uh, original Jurassic World movie more than yeah. most people. Yeah, I really liked Jurassic World. I did, too. And uh, liked it even more when I watched it uh, again recently. I was like, this is well done. I, I really enjoyed the... It felt like Jurassic Park to me, you know? Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. So I'm interested to hear how you felt about this one. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it. So didn't like it category. Uh, oh, Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. I, 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 it's I'm like right in the middle because... There are parts of this movie I hate, and then there are parts of this movie I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. I we I think we're on the exact same page. Really? Um, I am going to say it was just okay, but it's a low it was just okay for me. Like, it, it could have, with a few more moments, could have really tipped into that didn't like it category. There's just too much uh, of the, and I'll just go ahead into the stuff I loved, if, if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just too much that is visually interesting. Yes, um, and is creative. There are some of, some of these ideas of how the dinosaurs are interacting with the humans or ways that we're seeing them. I, there, there is some cleverness to some of these moments, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and the visuals at times are spectacular. Uh, J.A. Bayona, yeah. I think is the director's name. Yeah, he did. He he used to be a horror director, right? Before he did, you this. can tell he knows what he's doing. Yeah, right. You can tell. The in fact, when I was watching the opening scene of this movie, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm gonna like this." Uh, the opening scene, um, which I don't think gives anything away, but to say that it takes it's a kind of an uh, an Isle Isla Nublar kind of mission, right? Yeah, is really intense. 
and yeah. interesting and visually stunning. There's some moments in that that these really creepy things happen that I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in good hands. Like, yeah. This guy knows what he's doing. So, I, whop, whop. <laughs> yeah, it there are definitely some major negatives. Uh, it, what's funny is you hear me talking like this and you're like, wait, I thought you said that you were leaning on almost towards didn't like it. That's because some of the negatives are really bad. Yeah. But um, no, no, I told I'm right there with you. This is a visually stunning and beautiful movie. Now, on the heels of that, I will say I am not a fan. And I can even say this about Jurassic World. I'm not a fan of the fact that this Jurassic Park universe is turning into such such a CGI fest. Yeah. Uh, you know, you I don't lo- think it bothers me as much as it bothers you, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well, it's just, and I know this is just a sign of the times, but you know, you look back at 93 whenever the first one came out, the amount of practical effects in that movie, you know, are great. Now, I know there are obviously well, some CGI stuff well, but the reason the CG works so good, and we keep talking about how Jurassic Park had such amazing CG way back then, part of the reason the CG works so well is because the practical effects work so well. So it tricks your brain. Yeah. You know you've seen the actual thing, and so you fill in the blanks in the CG. It's just really smart. Spielberg did some really smart things with that movie. Yeah. Um, here's another pro I have, which I thought about. I thought about this really hard. There are some truly emotional moments in this movie that I don't think I'd ever seen in a Jurassic Park film before. Mm, I'm curious in spoilers to hear specifically which ones. Yeah, there's two prominent ones that I'm thinking of that I was like, wow, that's that's pretty, you know, tugging on the heartstrings mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. But um, I don't think I'd ever felt that way in a Jurassic Park movie. And it was interesting that it took the fifth film for me to feel it to have those emotions yeah i don't i don't remember having much emotion at all during this movie uh, other than tension and thrill it is a very tense movie yeah i yeah i definitely feel like you know uh Bayona knew what he was doing with that um but i don't remember feeling the feels so i'm i'm excited to hear what you yeah. have to say cuz it'll be interesting i'm to see more than the- happy to talk about it to, to see what those are. <laughs> I'm already to get in cons. <laughs> well, Do you have any more pros that you want to mention? No, 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 not really. I, I, I will say this. I don't blame the cast for what I didn't like about this movie. Uh, I thought the performances were fine. Um, I didn't feel like they were great. And I would feel like, unfortunately, people who I think are awesome were not given a lot to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like that was their fault. You can blame the characters, not the cast. Correct, which means you're blaming the writing. Yeah. I will say this. This is the biggest con I have in this movie. The people in Jurassic World now are so unbearably dumb. Yes, I agree. They are so unbearably dumb. The decisions they make ruin the movie. Yeah. It literally ruins the movie. In the original film, you had characters you loved because they were well-rounded. They were likable. They were smart. You had paleontologists. Here, you don't care about any of these humans. I'll even say a thing about Claire and Owen. Mm-hmm. You don't care about them in this movie or the new people that you're introduced to because the decisions they're making are so bad, you either want that person to die. Or it like, steals the goodwill. It steals the goodwill. Yeah. It's terrible. It's, 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 you can blame the actual characters. It all boils down to the script being bad. The script is very bad, and that's what I'll jump off and just say. 
uh, plot-wise, you're dealing with two things. Number one, you're dealing with a plot where the characters just exist in it instead of drive it. Yes. Uh, and that that is disinteresting to me. You're also dealing with a plot that is so full of plot convenience, plot holes, eye-rolling moments. Uh, I was telling someone, I can deal with a little bit of plot convenience. I can deal actually with a lot. I can give grace for a lot of plot convenience in some Civil movies. Civil War. Uh, I can give a, I can give a lot of grace there if I'm enjoying myself and I like these characters and what's going on. Yeah. What I can't give very much grace for is nonsense. If something is so ridiculous that it makes no sense to me, I'm out. Like my brain just jumps out and says, "Come on." You know what I mean? And there are just those moments in this movie that are just nonsense. It's funny you say that. I went to see this at Alamo, of uh, Pack Theater, of course. Yeah. There's a scene, I'm not going to try and give too much away, there's a scene where a character opens up a door mm-hmm. and literally three people in the audience go, Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, totally. It, it's just, it's, I, you know, and what's funny, the, the information you gave about what that scene's about, I think could be three different scenes. Really? Just, just you saying open the door. There's, yeah. There are basically three different scenes where a character opens a door and you're like, come on. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to hear exactly which one it was. Although I think I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just there's so much nonsense here. The script is just it's just not well done. And I think I think Trevorrow wrote this, didn't he? It makes Did me he? it makes me nervous for the third for the next one. Um knowing yeah. that he's, you know, coming back to direct and Part of me is like, well, well, it's cool he did the original one, and I kind of like Jurassic World, but... But did he write the uh, original Jurassic World as I, well? I think so. I think he's writing okay. all three of these. I could be wrong about that. I know I saw his name on this one, though. Well, um, that's interesting, because I'm still going to see the next one, and maybe that's just the nostalgia from my childhood always wanting me to see more dinosaurs. Yeah. So Well, you know what? I didn't mention that in positives, and I should have. Uh, the main positive of these movies is dinosaurs on a big budget are awesome. Yeah. Like, you can do such cool... Th- like, th- I don't know that that will ever stop being awesome. It's kind of like lightsabers. It's just always going to be awesome. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in that sense, it'll have carte blanche of making me want to go back right. to see it, but still try and make a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, here, here's another thing. I don't know if you felt the same way I did, but there are, are scenes where the movie could have been good that were rushed to make sure. way for scenes... That were either pointless, dumb, or just flat out dull. Right. So it was like, man, you're rushing through the good stuff to get to the bad stuff, which you're prolonging way more than it needs to be. And you're adding things that are complete nonsense that really add nothing to the story as a whole. Yeah. And it's just so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. I think my, uh, I'll just make this my one last thing. Um, It's kind of my final con. And I don't know that it would be as much of a con for everybody. But for me, I feel like this movie has almost ruined what the dinosaurs mean to me in these movies. Yeah. Um, And it's hard to explain without going into too many spoilers, but I guess I'll just say it this way. It turns the beauty and awe-inspiring nature of these animals into a sermon. And it changes the danger of these animals into a joke. And it just, it leans in both of those directions in a way that I'm like, what I loved about Jurassic Park, and even Jurassic World for that matter, is the man versus nature element of we brought these animals in, they are gorgeous and beautiful, and look at them, and how amazing is that? And 
oh, they're going to kill us. Like, they're trying to kill us. That was the heart of these dinosaurs. And I think both of those avenues, and I'll, I'll try to give some specifics and spoilers, where they're pushing them in those directions of making it uh, more about a message, making the animals more about a message, and also making the animals less about uh, how um, how great hunters they are, but more about just how... Um, I don't know. There's a specific scene that I could bring up that I just can't, but I'm just saying it's almost ruining the dinosaurs for me a little bit. What I think it is for me, it's not so much man versus nature anymore. It's man versus self. Yeah. Because especially in this movie, all the deaths are at the fault of the person. Yeah. It's not like, you know, they were doing this uh, heroic thing to like save somebody or it's not like it was just bad luck for them, you know. It's like like they were smart and they were doing everything right. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't have worked out for them, like you've seen in other movies. It's just every single person that dies in this movie deserved it. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's rough. It's rough for me because I I really want to like that element of it, but what it does is it muddies everything up. I don't know that you know what you're supposed to be rooting for in this movie. I don't know that the movie has a clear goal for the audience that makes sense with the previous movies. Do you think that they're thinking, well, we've established that Owen and Claire are the good people, so just root for them whatever they do. Whatever they want to do is what we're rooting for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine, except for, like I mentioned, the the story more happens to them than because of them, so they're not really doing anything. And they're... And they are, they're muddled. They don't know what to do. Like, it's just, I, there's just a real lack of clarity for kind of the, the progress of this plot. That is, it's a shame. It's flabbergasting. Uh, I don't know. It's either this or Jurassic Park 3 is the worst. Yeah, I, yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah. Pro- I probably, probably Jurassic Park 3 for me. Yeah. My order is, and I know we're not doing a Sif sword on this because there's not really a ton of them, but yeah, there's only five. But my order is, Jurassic Park, um, probably Lost World, then Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World 2. That's probably my order. I uh, I think I'm going to do the exact same list, except I'm going to swap Lost World in Jurassic the, World. Those are close. I could have done the because same thing. Because the last like, 15, 20 minutes of uh, Lost World really falls apart for me. Yeah, no, totally. It yeah. totally does. But the uh, other rest of it's pretty good. They both, Yeah, they both have... Uh, both Jurassic World and Lost World have weaknesses, but also have things I really like about them. So, yeah, well, there um, was a a three second sift sort for you. You're welcome. That <laughs> was a right. bonus. That's right, a little bonus sift sort. Yeah. Did you have one last thing you wanted to mention before we move on? I'll never see this movie again. Just like Jurassic Ooh, Park Three, I'll never see it again. Interesting. I don't yeah, want I don't know, to. I don't know that I have any desire to revisit it. So, yeah, I'm probably in the same camp. Which is crazy. It's so interesting how a movie that we both said visually is so beautiful that we don't want to see it again yeah. because the plot is so bad. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it there just, you go. It just shows that uh, looks aren't everything, people. And at the same time, if you're saying, uh, you know, am I recommending it? If you like the Jurassic Park movies, I kind of am. Like, I feel like you can't not see it. It's You're going to want to take in some of those visuals, but you're probably not going to want to see it twice. So I would almost say go see it in the theater and then just you know forget about it. I'd say red box it. It's not. Yeah, worth but those it. visuals aren't going to look the same at home. Like the sound won't be the same. That's true. Uh, the things I love about the I movie. I just don't are, want people to spend I money know, on. This. I know. I know. 
So that's the question you can ask yourself. If the big screen experience of visuals and sound for a movie that that stuff is actually good in. Yeah. Although I will say, we didn't talk about this. I did not like the score to this movie. You it, know, John Williams, There's you never hear the uh, no, Jurassic Park theme I, once I, in this movie. I know. Uh, it's such a mistake. Yeah. Such a mistake. And I think it was purposeful. I think they were trying to make it feel more moody and more confused. Yeah. And the John Williams score is so joyful and exuberant. And it speaks to all those things I was saying about what I didn't like about this movie. It's muddled, and there isn't that joy of purpose in what people are doing. Even the people who are like, you know, even John Hammond, right, who is making a huge mistake by putting out this park, is doing it with exuberance and joy and passion and knows what he wants. And the characters in in this movie just don't. Um, And so I think that's that's one of the main problems. Yeah. You ready to go on to our best ever challenge? Let's make it happen, Captain. Let's do dinosaur movies. What are the best ever dinosaur movies? We'll go number three to number one. Throw in some honorable mentions. Um, I'll kick us off. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I would be surprised if you even had it on your list. Yeah. Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> There's a dinosaur scene in Meet the Robinsons that is really funny. And this is one of those underrated animated films for me. I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle, um, but I think it's a really good one. So, um, yeah, it's my number three. Um, I'm just going to say this. I'm not saying this is where I'm putting it. Uh, I'm not going to list every single Jurassic Park. Correct. I'm just putting them in one category. Yes. Just so people aren't like, well, what about you know this one or this one? Well, I I guess I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. Although I don't know, other than the one that I'm sure we're both going to put probably at number one on our list. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I don't know that any of the others deserve to be on my list anyway. But yeah, uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Land Before Time. Yeah, it was in my honorable mentions for sure. Uh, it was between that and my first honorable mention going back and forth. But I think from you know, it was the very first movie I ever saw in theaters. And, you know, growing up with Littlefoot, you know. Oh, so good. All them and Sharp Tooth, you know. It's just, uh, and it's the first time you you get the feels because a parrot dies. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's some definite feels in that movie. Yeah. Uh, good choice. My number two is Night at the Museum. Yeah, I guess the uh, skeletal. A dinosaur's a big T-Rex. role. Yeah, plays a big role in that. Yeah. Do you, do you enjoy the original Night at the Museum? No. Really? Oh, I hate them. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I really, really do hate them. I love that movie. I know, and it's normally, uh, I, I normally love Ben Stiller. I really do. Like he, Dick Van Dyke's he, in that too. Gets, I love that a, guy. He, he gets a pretty good pass for me in a lot of stuff. Like yeah. Zoolander and all. What is the, it that you didn't like? It was just maybe I saw it originally. When did it come out? Like oh seven, oh eight. Yeah, it's been a while. So maybe I was just in that point and period in my life when nothing was cool. <laughs> so I'm like. Ugh. I think the movie's hilarious uh, yeah. and a lot of fun. And, of course, I was at a point in my life where I had young kids, and it's a fun one to watch as a family, too. So, yeah. so that that could make a lot of sense as to why we feel so differently about it. So, yeah. So, yeah. But, but anyways, that's my number two. Even the second one I really didn't like either, too. Yeah. Uh, that's my number two. Uh, I'm going to go with the classic King Kong. The classic King Kong. Classic King Kong. Yeah, that's a good the, choice. The uh, stop motion. Uh, not to take anything away from Peter Jackson, I'm going to stand by, even though that movie is way too long, I really enjoy Peter Jackson's King Kong. It's in my honorable mentions. Is it? Yeah. Okay. But uh, growing up, you know, my, my grandparents raised me on the Turner Classic movies and all those. Yeah. So we watched King Kong a it's great. lot. No, yeah. it's, it's really great. I, I know it's old, and obviously technology has advanced so much. But it is great storytelling, yeah. and it's a it's a really interesting movie. And if you get to the end of the even the original King Kong, you don't feel something. Yeah, you need to check your feelers because uh, it's it's a good one. 
Yeah. So no, I have no problem with that choice. Uh, number one, Jurassic Park, <laughs> Jurassic right? Park, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies of it's, all time. It's hard to imagine that it. Uh, it's hard to imagine that there will ever be a dinosaur movie that could replace it at number one. No. Yeah. Right. Like, no, how yeah. do you make a better dinosaur movie than Jurassic Park? How would you do it? You can't. No. Isn't that funny? Like, have you ever thought that before? Like, it's just impossible to do better. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever thought of how you could do it better. I've just always... It's just, you know, 93, I was... 9, 10? Yeah, somewhere around there. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was just... It was the perfect movie for me growing up. and It's, it's so what, good. And I've said this before. It's what set me on the path to nerddom. It wasn't Star Wars. It wasn't Indiana Jones. It was Jurassic Park. Uh, it got me into comics. It got me into paleontology and all this other nerd stuff. When everybody else was playing basketball, I was, you know, reading dinosaur books. So I owe my life to Jurassic Park <laughs> and the path that took me on. So, yeah, there's no way it could not be my number one. In the in the chat, uh, Andrew is saying Lego Jurassic Park might end up being a better Jurassic Park movie. Huh. I still don't think it would be better, but that's the only way you're going to get close is to go so totally different in tone. Yeah. That you see it as a completely different thing, I think. So Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, there we go. Top three honorable mentions. Uh, do you want to go through yours? Yeah. Uh, the one that could have replaced The Land Before Time is We're Back. Have you ever seen that I one? I don't know that I've seen that one. Uh, it's John Goodman. Uh, it's a cartoon about this uh, wacky professor with a time machine. He brings back dinosaurs and he turns them into, instead of ferocious, evil monsters, he turns them into happy, joyful, talking creatures. And uh, for as fun and jolly as that sounds, it becomes a very dark movie oh. for a kid's cartoon. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know how, like, in the early 90s, like, you look back and you're like, man, that cartoon was pretty dark for kids. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I loved We're Back. Yeah. Um, then I'll go with One Million Years of B.C., Okay. Only because of Raquel Welch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then this is where I also had uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, I had uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong in my honorable mentions as well. The one for me that almost cracked the top three uh, was Dinosaur. Disney's Dinosaur. Stand together. <laughs> <laughs> I really do enjoy that one. Um of course, we can have the good dinosaur conversation all over again if you want to. I was so afraid you were going to put that on your list. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, not, not in my top three, but I do enjoy it more than most. Uh, I also think Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs is a funny movie. Um, yeah. It is actually my favorite of the Ice Age sequels. So uh, so I put that one in here and then um, Journey to the Center of the Earth Yeah, uh, uh, is a fun movie as well. I know that there's going to be somebody on Twitter who asked me, Andrew, you say Godzilla is one of your favorite movies of all time. Godzilla is a kaiju, not Correct. a dinosaur. Correct. So. Absolutely. I, was gonna, I wondered if we'd have that conversation. Yeah. Um, no, kaijus are not dinosaurs for yeah. the matter of this. And I know there list. that in, you know, the world of Godzilla and all those kaiju, he technically was, you know, like prehistoric and all that, but I'm counting him as kaiju, not dinosaur. So well, there, there you go. go. The best ever dinosaur movies, according to, uh, us here at Sif Pop. So uh, if we miss anything, make sure you let us know before we move on. Uh, I did want to mention something specific that's going on in the Sif Pop feed that you may not be aware of. Uh, usually around this time, I talk about how you can support at Patreon. I think you know that stuff. If you want to support and get the bonus episodes, all that kind of fun stuff. 
Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash studio DNA. But going on in Sif Pop right now is a pretty cool contest between episodes of official Sif Pop. Uh, Danae Hughes, uh, host emeritus from Sif Pop, is doing a series called DA or Dinay. Which I'm loving, by the way. Are you listening to those? Oh, yeah. I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Basically, yeah. she's picking a mobile game that goes along with the movie we're reviewing on Sif Pop and reviewing the mobile game. She loves mobile games, uh, so she'll you know do an Android one or an iPhone one or ones that are on both. Um, and, so, and then basically say either yay or nay yeah. to the game. So there's a giveaway associated with that if you listen um, where you can go and sign up to win uh, some pretty cool gift cards that you can buy some mobile games with and that kind of stuff. So don't miss out on that. Make sure you sign up for the contest and make sure you listen to the DA or DNA episodes because I think she's she's doing a great job. Oh, yeah. She's killing it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Let's do our Sift Quest. This is yeah. where you send us on a quest uh, to figure something out. This one comes to us from Brady via email. Brady says, was thinking about Chris Pratt's recent run of successful movies and wondered what you think the best run of five performances for an actor or actress is. Uh, I spent over an hour researching this question last night. Really? Um, here's the thing. I think there's an obvious no argument answer to this question. Yeah, it's probably the one I chose. I'm, I'm sure it is. But I wanted to figure out like who uh, second place. Second place is more interesting to me. Actually, uh, I thought of who I knew number one was, and then I said, oh, "I'll just settle for number two. And I'm like, "Well, maybe people think number two is the obvious choice." Mm, interesting. So. so you have two that you think are very obvious. Yeah, I'm interested to hear them. I'm sure there's some I missed. The other thing I found while researching this was, man, is it hard to find uh, female performances of five in a row? Because Hollywood has had so few great female performances. I don't mean performances. I mean roles, I should say. Yeah. So, you know, that there aren't as many great roles for females. And so anytime you would go check out, like, I would go check out Julianne Moore or Kate Blanchett or somebody who's incredible, they always had movies in between that were, like, nothing or not that good because they just they had to work, right? You yeah. can't wait for those amazing female roles. Like, you know, a lot of the male actors have a chance to kind of wait for, you know, big roles. Uh, so I found that very interesting as well. Although I did find uh, what I think is the best five in a row for an actress as well. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the obvious one first. I'll let you say it just in case we're on a different page. Uh, either Daniel Day-Lewis or Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't even think Daniel Day-Lewis has a great five in a row. Uh, movies possibly not, but Correct. performances. Oh, well, okay, you know, maybe we looked at it a little bit differently, and I think that's okay. I guess I was thinking movies, like successful movies in a row or great movies in a row. Yeah. Um, is how I was thinking of it. You're right. Daniel Day Lewis gives great performances, but even he had his great movies broken up by movies that were just okay. Yeah. You know? So, um, but, but Tom, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, man, you you ready to go through this? He actually has a run of, of seven. I say eight, even okay. if you include a League of Their Own, um, he's got a run of eight movies: A League of Their Own, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo thirteen, Toy Story. That thing you do in Saving Private <laughs> That's Ryan. So funny because <laughs> I have completely different movies. That's okay. That's crazy because mine goes Saving Private Ryan. You've got Mail, which is the weakest. You see, of them I all. had to break it up at You've Got Mail. That's not a great movie. I think it's. I actually. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But then you got Toy Story two, 
Green Mile, Castaway, uh-huh. Road to Perdition, yep. and Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, that's a great five. No, that's seven right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, if you include you've got mail and and because you include you've got mail, you can include Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But if you take out even if you take out you've got mail, that's a secondary streak of five. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, he's got a streak of about thirteen movies where yeah. you've got mail is the failure, <laughs> and that's not a horrible movie. Yeah. That's insane. That's more that's Meg just... Ryan's fault than his. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. But what yeah, a career! Not, yeah, I it's just it's it, there's nobody who even comes close. I looked at Harrison Ford from like 1980 to 1984. You could argue that's a really good five. I of, looked at Meryl Streep uh, and uh, Harrison Ford had Empire, then Raiders, then Blade Runner, then Return of the Jedi, and then Temple of Doom. But Temple of Doom, yeah, I mean, I know it's Indiana Jones, but you know, so that's a decent five. Uh, he may, he I, I may be find, my second. I did place. find another actor who had a pretty good run. Uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, I actually didn't look at Russell Crowe. Tell me what his run is. So let me find the beginning of his run here. One second. Somebody in the chat mentions Amy Adams. I looked at Amy Adams. She has some great films recently, but they're always broken up by a movie that I don't think is that great. Okay, here we go. Uh, The Insider. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it's great. Okay, yeah. Insider, Gladiator, Beautiful Mind, Master and Commander, Cinderella Man. Yeah. And then... That's well, a guess, good five. Yeah. That's a good five. But then if you skip a good year, you get American Gangster, 310 to Yuma, and Body of Lies. Yeah, but you got to skip a good year. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but that's a good five. No, that's a good five. He may have a, a case for second place. Uh, Tom Cruise, you ready for this? Yeah. This is his best streak, in my opinion, 1988 to 1990. Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, Days of Thunder. I like Days of Thunder. I, I like it. Uh, far and Away, and A Few Good Men. Yeah. So that's a decent streak. I wonder if Brad Pitt had a good run. No. He didn't? No, I looked at Brad Pitt. What about DiCaprio? I did not look at DiCaprio. I should have looked at DiCaprio. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, check out DiCaprio. Uh, And I'll I'll do Jim Carrey. I think he had a decent run. Oh, yeah, I guarantee he had a really good run. Here's his best run, in my opinion, which may sound a little weird to you, because one of these movies not a lot of people talk about, but I think is really good. Cable Guy, Liar Liar, Truman Show, Simon Birch, and Man on the Moon. Simon Birch is really good, so I like that five um, from Jim Carrey. You'd think it would be his earlier stuff, but his earlier stuff had bad movies kind of interspersed. So. Yeah, which, well, that's unfortunate. Okay, um, oh yeah, here's a really good run. You ready for this? Yeah. For DiCaprio. Catch Me If You Can. Definitely. Gangs in New York. Yep. The Aviator. And that's the one that may get him. I love The Aviator. Really? I really do love okay. it. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Uh, Departed. Yeah, I mean, I know most people love The Departed. I didn't enjoy it as much. Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond's good. It's one of my top ten movies. Yeah, uh, so Revolu- that's five. Revolutionary Road. Okay. Body of Lies, which I think is actually it's okay. See, this and is- then you get into Inception. Okay. Shutter Island. I like Shutter Island, so I'll give you that one. That's two. Uh, then you get to J. Edgar. See, there's all it always kind of there's always one that that messes it up. That early streak that you mentioned for him is okay if you. If what, you, Catch Me If You Can and Gangs of New York and stuff? Well, and then the one after that was... Aviator. Uh, Avia- if which you, I love, Aviator. So, yeah, if you love Aviator and you love Departed, I think that's his streak right there. Yeah. Um. So that's that's decent. Uh, Chris Evans, you ready for this? Yeah. Ant-Man, Civil War, Gifted, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Infinity War. He was Captain America in all of those, wasn't he? <laughs> Not Gifted. Oh, yeah, Gifted. Which I actually really liked Gifted. Gifted is so good. Yeah, I was He's, surprised. He was the one I think has the current, the winning current streak. Um, oh, continuously running? Yeah. You think 
well because of fallen kingdom pratsman <laughs> right thrones, yeah so. yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and then the one female I found that I thought had a streak that could live up to the fellas. Um, Is it and again, Charlize Theron? And again, it's not because there aren't great female actors. It's because there aren't as many great female roles. I truly believe that. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. Okay. 2012-2013, uh, she had, in order, um, Avengers, Hitchcock, which is great. It's a movie about Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Don John, which I really like. Under the Skin, which is weird, but a really good movie. Her, which is phenomenal. Chef, which is phenomenal. And then Winter Soldier. So that's a pretty decent streak of seven. And it was the best actress streak I could find. I would love, if you know of a better one, let me know. I Like I said, I researched this for about 90 minutes last night, just going through actors and actresses. And I could not find... Yeah. Uh, a lot of great actress streaks. Charlize Theron's uh, pretty sporadic. Right? Yeah. And that's it's unfortunate because they're incredible actresses, but just the roles yeah. aren't always there. And you got to work, right? You got to take work. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, that's there it. There you go. So I was surprised. I was surprised that Tom Hanks was like clear winner. <laughs> 20, 20 movies in a row. It's insane. What a <laughs> career. What a career. Uh, thank you so much for that question. Uh, really appreciate that. That one was a lot of fun. If you'd like to get a quest in for us, uh, all you got to do is hit me up on Twitter. You can DM me. My DMs are open. So hit me up with whatever question you have for us. It's at Aaron Dicer. Uh, or you can email us as well, feedback at sifpop.com. If you want to do it via email, you're more than welcome to. Uh, so, yeah. So thanks to, who was that again? Brady, yeah. uh, who sent the email about that one. Appreciate it very much. I really want to watch Insider now. <laughs> all right. Let's on. The, let's finish off with some uh, some buried treasure. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, a show that I'm surprised I'd never made a buried treasure before, and it's a show I've loved for many, many years. I'm going to go with Vikings. Oh, do you watch Vikings? I do not. Mm, I love Vikings. Um, it's I saw uh, on Twitter you said you were a Viking. I am a Viking. <laughs> yeah, thanks, 23andMe. Um, but, uh, no, no, it's a really good show. It's on history, uh, and, you know, with history, all of their shows are based on actual people. Mm -hmm. And it's cool seeing, you know, a story told about a historical fig figure like Ragnar, uh, who's probably, besides Leif Erikson, probably the most famous Viking ever. Um, and because he was just so... He just went everywhere to try and pillage, you know. He went to France, he went to Paris, he went to England, you know, to Rome, you know. Mm -hmm. You think of, you know, Vikings only, like, going and pillaging, you know, like, Scotland, Ireland, and, you know, England. And then you watch the show, and you're like, man, they went everywhere. They went to, you know, Muslim countries to raid and stuff like this. And you learn of how, actually, I, I think it's fairly well known that the Vikings were very intelligent, nautical travelers. You know, they're some of the smartest seafarers ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a fun show. It is very brutal and very violent. Uh, that's something that uh, I didn't know I was going to be getting from a History Channel show, but I yeah. guess they try and make it as real as possible. Hmm. Really fun and really great characters. Like, the acting in the that show is great. I hate it when you give me another TV show I have to watch. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a, uh, a dense show. It's not one you can really binge just because of how violent it is and heavy, you uh -huh. know? But uh, I think you would... I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one show you might not like because of how violent it is. I mean, you know, it I, it praises violence. 
Oh, like it as a good thing, like in the same way Game of Thrones does, or in a sense that that was the um, the way of the life, culture, the culture. It was the culture, the culture. No, of I understand that rating. I've pillaging. thought about I've thought about giving it a shot. So uh, hearing yeah. your your positive words may kind of push me in that direction. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about a movie that is very, very difficult to watch because of its subject matter. Um, but I got around to watching The Tale, uh, which is an HBO film. Um, and the subject matter is about a woman who is discovering after thinking she had a, uh, a relationship early on in her life that it was actually abuse. She didn't realize how young she was when it happened and how she has tried to tell herself her own story uh, about what happened. Um, It is, I I don't want to say graphic, but what I want to say is brutally honest about what child abuse is, what it looks like. Uh, It actually, they, they do say in the movie that all of the actresses in the scenes are actually of age. They're doubles that are of age. But it it is so uncomfortable in that they actually put you in that room. Um, so and is it a documentary? Is it a movie? Kind of, kind of. She is a uh, documentarian herself. Okay. And this is her story. It's her personal story. Okay. Um, so it feel it is it is not a documentary. It is a narrative story, but it is based on her own life, and so it kind of feels. Uh, the authenticity of a documentary in that way. Hmm. So it's called The Tale. Um, T-A-L-E or T-A-L-E? T-A-L-E, okay. and it is powerful. I think sometimes it is necessary to look evil in the face. Sometimes it is necessary for us to understand what depravity is so that we can be against it even more fervently and powerfully. That is not always the case and is certainly not... Um, I would not say it's something we want to do to ourselves all the time, but I do find this movie to to tell a very important story in a very um, important look at the idea of how our memory can change what's been done to us. Okay. And how abuse is sometimes only seen as abuse in hindsight, you know, in, in things where you're trying to figure out what your true story is based on pieces of memory and pieces you know she she starts reading her old journals and starts realizing how young she was um there the movie is portrays this in a really powerful way because when she's first remembering her story the actress that plays her in the story is probably more 15 16 you know kind of idea and then she sees a picture of herself from that time of what she looked like and so and then it's like oh no i was you know 11 or 12 and this is what i looked like you know kind of thing and so it's it's definitely it confronts you with the darkness of that in a way that says we need to be we need to be aware of this evil and confront it in our own lives in our own memories. So I'm getting uncomfortable just thinking about right? watching it. Yeah, no, and 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 I would say if it's not for you, don't watch it. You know, like if it's not something, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's not. It's it's hard for me to say because I don't want to say it's it's not graphic because just the subject matter itself yeah. is graphic. Um, if if something like this can be both graphic and tasteful at the same time, <laughs> it is. I think it does find a way to do that. So, anyways, I wanted to pass that. Laura Dern, by the way, plays the the female lead. I've seen and, uh, trailers for that on HBO. I thought it was a new series. No, it's a movie. Okay. 
It's a movie, and um, uh, is it Jason Ritter? Who did, like, uh, Big Little Lies and stuff? Yeah, well, um, the actor, uh, I think he plays uh, the pedophile. And so, yeah, I think that's the cast, is Lord Dern and Jason uh, Ritter, I think is his name. Uh, Anyhow, that's my buried treasure with a huge warning. Yeah. So, just to let you know that. Yep, Jason Ritter. So... Okay. There you go. Well, we did it. Huzzahs. Casted the pods 100%. Thanks so much for joining us today for this episode of Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to Andrew for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Andrew, where can people find you, you online? You can find me over at Flick Freaks on YouTube, Twitter, all the social mediums. Uh, yeah, come over see what we got going on. Love to hear from you. Flick Freaks, plural? Yes. Not singular. Yeah, there's there more go. than one of us. More than one freak of the flicks. Uh, much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Support starts at three bucks a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment on Spreaker. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Andrew is at Flick Freaks. Or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than doing a prehistoric blood transfusion. Uh, spoiler chat for Fallen Kingdom should be next up in your podcast feed. And we'll see you back next week to discuss Sicario 2. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.